everybody. Hello. We are back. I am Steve. I'm here with Matt again. And those are my keys. And this is a <laughs> kind of a special edition, actually. I'm just realizing for two reasons. One, we normally record these in the morning. So instead of being hopped up on coffee, we're coming down on some tea. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that experience. And second, we actually have two guests that equal one when they are together. Um, it is Evan and Monty from the new band FET that you don't know about, but you're about to. Uh, they got some new stuff in the works that they're going to talk about. And uh, and then we're just going to kind of do our normal meandering conversation. Um, so to get right into it, I just want to say hello, Monty, and, and hello, Evan. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Those were a round of hellos. Um, hello. Hello. Hey. hello. Hello. Yeah, we should do the hellos again. We're not having yeah. fun. Hello. Right. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> there it is. That's better. So, um, these guys are here because uh, Monty and I kind of go go decently far back. And and Evan is is all new, so this is gonna be really cool. Steve st- slept on my couch at Dewey Beach a few years Dynamic. ago. We've been, we've been good friends ever since. I did. I kind of just stumbled into this uh, music festival, DBMC. Uh, met Monty when he was running around uh, with the the former group he was in, and just hit it off. And then somehow, years later, um, we just kept in touch. Just, and we're soulmates. We're still we're synthmates. Yeah, we're synth, we're synthmates. <laughs> No offense. Evan, I don't even so. know how it happened. <laughs> no, actually, no. Like, now, now that I think about it, it's like, oh man, we're just friends. I guess that's why it works. It was an accident. Yeah, we I, didn't plan it. There was no chase. Like all of a sudden, we're just friends. It's great. We're, we're just friends, and then <laughs> no and expectations. Then, <laughs> and then Monty <laughs> loves synths, and then we finally got a bunch of synths. Finally, and uh, and then Monty was like, "Hey, we should just get a bunch of people together and like." I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I told you I wanted the Korg mini log. Actually, I think that's probably how it all started. We have Korg to thank for our relationship. Thank you, Korg. I was like, see, I was like, Steve, I want the Korg mini log, and then you're like, Yeah, I'm gonna do that, and then buy all of Roland's gear as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I Monty's great. Um, as well as a couple other customers, because I just can't keep track of all this gear, and so it's nice to have people coming in like, "Dude, check this out! Dude, check this out!" Because I used to check it out, and now I don't check it out. I frequently send you things like, yo, you're going to need this. Mm-hmm. And um, and so speaking of Korg, um, so Monty got this whole uh, synth secret synth society club really, really humming along. Um, we had a couple, and, and it was going really well, and Monty just really took the reins and, and got right into it. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but on that tip, we do have a, another special announcement, actually. Um, on June 15th, from 6 to 10 p.m. at the Maniunk Brewery, uh, we will be doing an event with Korg called Brew Music Philly. Um, and they've done, I know they've done at least one other one. I believe it's on YouTube. Um, but there's going to be a bunch of beers and a bunch of synths and um, just a bunch of people messing around. So, <laughs> Maniunk Brewery, <laughs> with the synths, um, yeah. Maniunk Brewery on June 15th. I don't even know if I'm allowed to announce this yet. I just text the Korg rep, like, two seconds before hitting record to make sure it was okay. He didn't get back to me yet, I don't know. No, not yet. <laughs> but here it is, the official announcement. June 15th, <laughs> Brew Music Philly at Maniunk. Um, so, that'll be, like, a Secret Synth Society event um, just somewhere else. So, yeah, I don't know if you just want to talk about 
your take as a not someone that like is in the building all the time um being able to come here and be a part of of something like that uh, the secret synth s- secret synth society in yes. general um i mean basically i can't afford to buy a bunch of synthesizers and so i convinced steve to bring a bunch of synths into the store and then let me come by once a month I and play with it them. either. Listen, kid, you're going to need this. <laughs> You've been had. <laughs> um, I mean, I've only really been paying attention since I wanted that minute log. And then it's like, now it's like, it's like, oh, we'll check out these Roland Arrow products. And now I stop by and play that TR8 whenever I'm, you know, luckily I only work a few blocks from here. So stop by on the way home. But it's great. Um, like, developing or helping to develop a community there's actually a number of synth uh groups i guess you would call them going on right now i know there's somebody um i don't know i mean i feel bad i don't even remember what i was just invited to but there's another group they have things that tattooed mom sometimes too but it's great uh helping to cultivate this community because i mean synths are just fun um you know you can you can do a lot of things to them and it's i don't know we all nerd out about certain things and i really like synthesizers so it's crazy how quickly the community grew too yeah we have there's a there was some nights where it was just you and me monty (laughs) there was a bunch of nights at the beginning where it was just me and evan and then somebody else and then the next month it'd be me and evan and somebody else I mean, Steve didn't even come at the beginning. That's how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, Steve, I think you've only been to, like, two nights. I've been to, and the most recent one I played, uh, I think, like, Djembe and just not since, and Ditch. <laughs> I blew nice. some Ditch and then did the <laughs> sound or whatever uh, through the didgeridoo. So analog, at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was invited to that thing, too. So it looks like they're all popping up now, which is great, because that's only just more reason for us to do things and go places and... I mean, music's just something that is better when there's a community surrounding it. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our bands and things like that, but, you know, it's not about the band. It's about building a scene. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's kind of, there's definitely a scene building around synth music right now. People love that. Um, and, you know, especially when you're not making EDM with it. Mm. You know, like, Branching when people, out a little bit. you know, yeah. when people can take all of those influences and still write, like, pop music um you know not like top 40 pop music you know, i'm thinking bands you know like like mother mother who's like has gradually been getting more and more synth heavy as all their things going but they're still very much like i don't even know how to describe them like they're they're not like synth rock they're certainly not synth rock they're they're There's a very eclectic music. band you can you just you you'll just label something as pop if it's like doing everything or if it's like it's if it's, if it's very clear that the band has many many influences and it's some kind of crazy fusion there's not much you can do but really like call it like pop yeah like, pop seems to be like now <laughs> if it's accessible and it has a synth in it somewhere it's like okay, yeah or alternative and it doesn't mean anything it's just like Alter- yeah <laughs> You call things alternative when you don't want people to like pop music. Pop I don't music. like. I don't but like. I, like, I, like I love like pop music. To me, is just something that like gets your head moving. It's catchy and like it doesn't. But it can also be really experimental and weird. Like there's plenty of recent artists who have proven this to be true. I think FKA Twigs is one that really comes to mind. Like she's like, you know, a crazy experimental R and B singer. But it's all this like she's backed by all this wild electronic music and beats, and it's very like progressive and strange. And people are going nuts for her. She's also just like an amazing performance artist as well. So, so maybe this is a good time to to just jump into FET and and see how it it did start because I'm just wondering like you each have different backgrounds that I know a little bit about. 
Um, and as you, you just stated, I, I feel the same in that you can write music alone, or at least I, I can write music alone, but I can never like finish something alone. You know, it's always mm-hmm. like someone has to step in and, and help me out here or find this new path in this new direction. Um, so is it, were you guys like doing synth things separately and, and then we're like, oh, we should combine this or what was the dynamic that, that brought it together? Um, I, I have the opposite problem where I worked by myself very well. And yeah, I was doing a lot of solo projects that never really, um, went anywhere because I was just bad at marketing myself and like I was young and it was hard to socialize and mix and get out there. I just had no idea who to talk to or whatever. And to a certain degree still don't, but you know, you know, you just put yourself out there. But, um, but yeah, like I was always capable of like imagining and visualizing in my head what I wanted the song to be. And, um, and things actually changed when I had to collaborate with others. That's when I actually had to learn to let go a lot of ideas that were going through my head. And like, it's all like about like, like building a relationship with a person where you, there's like a little bit of compromise, but if you like respect each other and see what's beautiful about both of your ideas, then it just like, it becomes a great relationship and those ideas merge and they become a new thing. If you're way too hung up about like your specific ideas and how you hear things in your head, then collaboration can be very difficult because the other person probably has ideas too. And, um, but yeah, if you have the opposite problem, I suppose, like I can't finish the song. Someone else can come in and be like, I have an idea. And you'd be like, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, how do you feel? (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, we just, we didn't, I don't know. I, we didn't have many intentions when we started working together. I, you know, I'd been in a bunch of other projects, um, uh, most notably, I was in the Great Socio, um, which felt bigger at the time. I doubt anybody's ever heard of it. Um, but we were together for like five years and like did a lot of uh, learning. We did, you know, we did a lot of regional touring things like They're that. Fun band. I, learned, I learned a lot of a lot about it. I was actually in the Great Socio when Evan and I met. Um, but then that split up for reasons that make sense. And then uh, I bounced around, played with some other people. I played with Joey DiTullio for a little bit. Um, shout out to those guys. They're actually on the t- road right now, opening up for that. Saving Abel, which is awesome. So wow. go those guys. Yeah. Um, Drew was actually, who's the drummer for Joey DiTullio now, was the drummer in Socio. So that's awesome. So I was uh, I was playing for that a little bit, and then we parted ways. Um, and then I was just sort of, you know, making music with random people here and there. And Evan and I just kind of started jamming together. Um, we didn't really know how it started, like a couple just weird things of not getting anything done. And then one day, I remember he came over and we both just set up our entire rigs. Um, by rigs, I mean, we're going to get into gear, so I'm not even get into that yet. But like just we both play a bunch of synthesizers and we each basically Ableton, two Abletons just yelling at each other, plugged our computers in together. And we're just like, wow, that was fun. And then we just kept doing it, um, and it was, you know, it was like any any healthy relationship. We took it very casual for a while, you know, but now, like, he almost lives in my house. <laughs> it's four days a week. Yeah, and then he's, like, over other times just because, like, I don't know, sometimes he forgets his hat. <laughs> That's on purpose. Or my, or, or, or my gear. My gear is usually what I forget. I'll just leave my gear here, but I have another project, Momonita, as well, so I have to bring my gear back and forth <laughs> between so you're two both, locations. You said Ableton. You both 
like come from synth Ableton production backgrounds, or were you like more? I know you played synth in a rock band. Were you always synth stuff? Or I came from more of a singer songwriter background. Um, I had all like in my head, I had always had intentions to do a project that was similar to like Radiohead or Pink Floyd. That was like mostly guitar based, but with like some electronics like um in there but um basically working with ableton made me sort of just like fall in love with electronics and then it became just sort of like a practical thing like like recording guitars is just a very difficult thing an expensive thing to do and like recording a band is just a very difficult and expensive thing to do so ableton like that was the first time i was ever able to like take the idea that was in my head and then put it the whole realized vision into the computer and like you know I could create the baseline create the drum beat I could do every single aspect of it I could mix it master it and it's like the whole entire process you know so do you know if that's why it's called able <laughs> you're just like able to do a ton of things does anyone know uh, <laughs> I mean, like I'm German pretty sure they're German yeah uh, so I don't know if they would name, but maybe they named it after American words I don't know what it would be which German, I just did a They're in brief, Berlin, right? Was it, yeah, yeah, they Ableton's are Berlin, in Berlin, I believe. Um, and I just did a quick, just going to you guys' name, uh, search for FET. And it seems to be a lot of German uh, results. Um, I knew it, or the word at least, with one T, I think, as like a compressor, is like a FET compressor. Some like really famous thing that adds distortion, I guess, in its compression ways um, very distinctly. And then Star Wars came up, and then uh, I think Boba Fett is a person. Boba Fett. Django Fett really is our favorite. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And um, so then, so if it's not German, it's not a compressor, and it's not from that sci-fi thing, what is it? Um, or is that a secret? Yeah, I mean, when you're trying to think of a band name, you just make lists of things. You know, like I, like, I, like I could probably look on my phone if I wanted to and just read you off the list of things. And, you know, I was, he- <laughs> I was keeping a list and uh, Evan just looked through them one day. He's like, oh, Fett, like, that's kind of nice. And then we, we realized it's not really a word. Like it, it does tie back to other things, but um, it's a little untapped. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not a real word, you know. Except a, it means fat in German. Yeah, and Norwegian. <laughs> and Norwegian. And if you add an e, it means party in French. Okay. So the German thing kept saying like I guess you would say it's as I understood it, it's fet as if like you're bolding that word in the sentence or something. Um, so maybe it was like I'm, making. I'm pretty like, sure it just means fat. fat or that like, okay. just <laughs> f eight fat. Hey like, guys, we're fat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we actually German. we struggled. We tried to as soon as we landed on the name, we tried to get fet.com and wait. There's a there is somebody, but it's uh, just a landing page. And Evan contacted him <laughs> and asking how much. And he's just like, like he's like, make me an offer. And what like, do we like, offer? Like two hundred dollars. And he's like, here's a here's a. He sent me a link to like a list of like. Like what domain names are going for nowadays, and I was like, "Oh, I see. You want like ten grand for this domain name?" I could like, like two fifty. Like, he's like, "Fet is a is a uh, is a what do you say? It's like Some, I, don't I don't know. There's, there's not many four letter websites available. Yeah, you know, like, it's, like, it's a very valuable website name. Yeah. He said it's an authentic German word that yeah. means fat, as like as if I didn't know or something. You know, just like so like you're trying to you know buy a really expensive valuable domain name, so. Where I don't give a fit. 
So, okay, cool. And that's the hashtag and the website. <laughs> yeah, I don't, give, it, I don't give a fit. Yeah. On everything. Nice. On every piece. Like, we don't even have social media on all the sites, but we have I don't give a fit reserved. So <laughs> we'll be there eventually because we have to be, even though we don't want to do it. <laughs> Which is another thing I did want to bring up and talk to you about. Because I remember, um, I think it was after the one synth night when we were out back. Um, and you were talking about basically Facebook and this and that and the different yes. social outlets. And and I was basically saying, you know, Facebook is is huge for us. Um, and so that was one of my notes for, for later on. But to see, so the band's just coming out. This is a new thing. You guys have had projects in the past. This is brand new music and just a brand new outlet for you guys in a brand new world, essentially, right now with all the technology and and just everything available. And it looks like you guys put a ton of thought and time and effort, you know, into your marketing and the imagery and everything like that. So um, I guess I'm just curious, you know, maybe how did that come to be, uh, the color scheme and the, fo- and the photo shoot all the way to, you know, what kind of how you decided to um, put it out there in the different channels? Um, I'm glad you brought up the photo shoot because we, uh, we uh, worked with... Uh, who- an old friend of mine, Serena, and her partner Chris, they do. They call themselves Monsters and Lace, and they they have an awesome, awesome artistic vision. Uh, they took, uh, she did the uh, all the body paint, and he did the photography, and you know all the editing and things like that. Um, basically, we we're like, hey, we want to do a photo shoot, and you guys have an awesome vision. So they made us feel very comfortable, and they made us look very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks they're, great. They're pros. They're good people. It was all it was done in their living room you know so they're good but um back to the other part yeah like we take a lot of care in our music and all of it i mean basically we want fet to just be an expression of both of ourselves artistically we both do a lot of art evan evan a lot more than me he does a lot of multimedia art um he actually just dropped a he did the animation on this uh draymond green parody of kendrick's humble if in case you saw it uh evan did all the illustrations on that um so Basically, we're just trying to create honest art. You know, we've been working on the music for a long time. And, you know, in the, a world of singles, you know, we've crafted an album that we believe in because we just, you know, we've both, you know, hustled and played in bands that, like, released the first five songs they write. Um, but we just, we want to be true in our artistic vision so we have been crafting the songs for well over a year um we work with um a mac ali mcguire a maculant who is our producer so shout out to her she actually just moved out to la she's killing it right now so it's pretty yeah, awesome that she's mixing us a mac a maculant look her up um so yeah we've we've been crafting it for a while yeah, I mean, it's been more than a year. I mean, it's I, been the, well over the year. The year has been working on the actual songs that we chose to put on the album. We did like go through like at least five months of writing sessions where we we decided we like capped ourselves at a certain amount of songs, like twenty five songs or something like that. We actually said when we first started and realized that it was good, we we didn't want to rush it. Like any healthy relationship, we sat down and talked about intentions, and we we're like, hey. We're not going to do anything until we write 20 songs. Yeah, and I think we actually discovered what we wanted to be through those writing sessions because, like, our first 10 songs, like, there weren't even vocals. Like, we, I was like, you know what? I sing in another band. I don't really want to sing. <laughs> yeah, and these then, 20 songs were and after then, like, Yeah, and jamming. then that was after jamming and just doing all these weird things that became, like, we thought we would be, like, 
more like an electronic band that made people like play clubs and stuff and like you know like they're just more like electronic dance music and everything but then i realized like oh i do want to write songs and sing like that's just what i do that's who i am and like monty totally supported it and he like he really liked what i was doing with my voice so it just like yeah and then we were just like we're gonna be a band that does like whatever we want and always like tries to create you know i don't give a fit we're just gonna create our vision you know like whatever it is album to album we've always appreciated bands that are eclectic like monty and, and i both like monty loves muse i appreciate muse <laughs> i love radiohead i love pink we both love pink floyd you know um it's just like you know you know kanye west man whatever just like, if you're an artist that like is able to change your sound and challenge yourself and your listeners i love that and we just like want to you know add to that conversation and keep just like challenging ourselves and pushing the envelope and like creating future music. We call it uh, Glamtronica right now, but it may change. Nice. So there's one question I have for you guys. Do you, you said you're like a singer songwriter kind of thing? Like mm-hmm. you have that in your background. Do you ever like write songs on guitar and then just apply that to keyboards and then make a crazy song out of it? Like what's the process with that? Yeah, actually. Um, well, I would usually write songs on guitar or piano. Okay. And like, and if I if I wrote a song on the guitar. I, the guitar would be the main instrument. And if I wrote a song on the piano, the piano would be the main instrument. But that's just that's just the stuff with that's just the stuff that I actually ended up producing. Because like that was at a time when I didn't have Ableton and like most of the stuff I mean, I like really didn't even start producing music until two thousand eleven, but I was writing it since, since two thousand six. You know, I wrote like three albums worth of material, like all on guitar and piano that I never produced. So I had my whole you know, like probing grounds thing. All it was all personal though. I just did it all myself, and I just like wrote a ton of material that I never used and may never use. And then, um, and then I made like a very small album under the title Orchestra Pit. That's five tracks, and that was my solo project. And I actually have a couple, and I have like a lot more Orchestra Pit material recorded on the back burner, but just not finished because I moved on to other projects like Fet, Momonita. And God is Gravity, which was a five-track one-off release with my friend James Margolis, who now travels with uh, The Travelers from New York City. So, yeah, I mean, I was just doing a lot of stuff, and I had to just, like, you know, sometimes things get stale, and they just get in a rut, and you just have to keep moving forward, you know, and it's just, like... like, Between the two of you guys, when you guys were, like, making FET, did you have, like, riffs on your side? Did you guys just, like, jam out? You're like, I got this thing, do something with it, and just, like, sit in a room and just jam out? Like, um, most of the stuff that we've written together uh we just went into with like zero expectations uh when we first started uh playing together we would literally just start like all right who wants to do drums and one of us would program a drum beat and while somebody's programming a drum beat the other person's just messing you know i mean maybe maybe a bass maybe just a random i mean it depends who it was like i i like making weird noises evan will always grab a bass first because there's a songwriter i like synths um but uh so yeah, a lot of it, you know, sometimes there would be, there There were definitely some, um, like, I remember for the one song uh, we have called The Founder, which is getting released in a couple of weeks, uh, Evan was like, yo, Monty, I got this synth sound, like, in my head, and he was just like, he's, like, he just started trying to sing it to me, and I was just like, okay, he's just yeah. like, we gotta program it. <laughs> it goes like this, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, something like, like that, you're just for like, for a guitar player, or like a bass player, yeah, like, so, what do you do this thing, but so, you're just like, make this crazy phaser noise, you're like, all right, I guess. Well, Michael try. Jackson sang everything, like, I want it to go like this, <laughs> you know, like, and then they'd be like, okay, <laughs> he'd write the whole song by singing it, right, he would do like entirely acapella versions, but, yeah. uh, but yeah. 
Um, I think we that was that was most of it. I mean, it's it's all like sometimes we would come with ideas, but there was never anything that's like, oh yeah, I have this riff or I have this song. Um, it was just things that came out very fluidly between both of us. And then like it's actually it's totally collaborative. Actually, even when you look at who programmed the drums on each song, um, it's split right down the middle on the album, and probably overall twenty songs. Like it just, it's everything is shared. I mean, I've, Evan uh, sings and writes all the lyrics. Sometimes I'll give him pointers and ideas, but um, he takes on that responsibility. But other than that, it's all just just very fluid. Starts off with some sometimes jams. You know, we'll be like, oh, this is cool, and Evan will start throw down a vocals normally that aren't even words um we're actually even we're actually even keeping keeping that on one of our songs um which will be interesting um but avril levine was talking the other day about how she thought having the eight and skater boy was a really creative um i'm glad that people uh, got that so yeah (laughs) so it's like she can do it i'm very inspired by her bravery to to release a song that doesn't have real words in it so thanks avril um Yeah, I can usually hear the melody in my head before the words, and that's and that's the thing. And I just we, we just, I just get it out, you know. The beat, the beat, we throw down the beat. The, 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 the nice thing about Ableton is that when you work in clip mode, you can you know literally create a drum beat, loop it, then play a bass line, loop it. Then I can like just start putting down vocals and loop it. Once I have the idea figured out, just spit it out. It could even be like spur of the moment and just like really natural and like you know and like sometimes just great ideas just come like pouring out that you didn't think about it too hard it's just like this this emotional stuff you know like i mean for one of the songs we're releasing on the 16th forward motion like i'm pretty sure that you just wrote that hook right on the spot yeah the Um, hook came out very naturally because it just like was one of those things that like i'd been feeling for a long time and it's actually kind of just like a personal mantra so like it just came out it came out exactly the way it needed to and generally, like, I generally I don't have to agonize over my lyrics, which is nice. Like, it's just they're honest, and they're just they're just from you know me. Like, and uh, Monty relates to them, and that's why he, he appreciates them, and he does give a lot of pointers. And there there is a vision. Like, once we have a like with the album, once we had like a few ideas out, we did reach a point where we were like, so what does this all feel like it's about? And then you start to sort of hone in those last few things and those like loose ends, and you tie them together and create this package. So it definitely started from a place of just like messing around and trying things and being really experimental. And then you kind of have to like take a step back, look at it, be like, what is this? And then we, we almost like, we almost experienced it just like anyone else will, where it's like, we're still learning from it. We're still learning from the lyrics and like things that just came out that we didn't think about. We're now thinking about and being like, Oh my God, this look what that means or whatever. Like, like how did that happen? But yeah. I love that. So I guess that's going to be, yeah. And it's just like this part now. Yeah. Like this weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you just say things and then it, it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there, um, as far as the gear goes then, was there like a, a gear, a piece of gear that really like kind of fit the theme or that you found like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, this piece of gear, I know I can get out, you know, most of what's happening with Fed or is it like just a giant laundry list of things or let's just let's just get get into it. I mean, like I would, you know, we well, we both would love to just have a room of synthesizers and drum machines, but unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Um, most of the album is in the box. Uh, Ableton, we use a lot of Ableton stock uh, sounds. Uh, 
Native Instruments Complete 8, Artoria V3. I also, like, halfway through the writing process, I picked up the Korg Minilog, which actually was that song that we were just talking about when he had that sequencer idea. Uh, it was like I just had that, and so that was great because you can just – you can very fluidly just come up with the sound with a piece of gear like that. You know, you just turn your knobs and set your arpeggiators or do whatever you want. Um, so that's really it. As far as we're actually adding a lot more gear to our live set, um, we have, we're using a Rhodes. Uh, Evan is going to be playing some guitar um, live, which actually there's very minimal guitar on um, the album, which actually we just finished recording the guitar for like the last hook of one song yeah, the other night with our friend Alex McDevitt. Yeah, 20 seconds of guitar on the album. Yes, Alex McDevitt. He's uh, tentatively calling himself S'mores. <laughs> tentatively calling himself S'mores. So we're just going to put that out in the universe, see if we can make that happen. Oh, um, but yeah, shout out yeah, to Alex. Who's, he's actually, yeah, he's done a work with a lot of cool people too. Anita, um, and he's like, he is just an awesome, amazing person who would always help us at every turn. He actually... Um, lent us the microphones that we used to record the album, all the vocals, aside from two tracks. Mm-hmm. Two of the tracks we recorded with Allie. So when you bring a Rhodes on stage, instantly I'll watch and be like, oh, sweet. It's like a whole setup and thing. Didn't, didn't you like trade it for something or something crazy? Yeah, I had a, in my previous project, I used a Hammond XB2, which is just a single manual stage Hammond which I found through my efforts of trying to sell it is the least favorite ham- <laughs> model of Hammond organ ever made. Like I almost had to beg somebody to just give me four hundred dollars for it. And so I just I posted it on you know I, I do a lot of gear trading on Craigslist and it's uh, so I, I posted it for trade. You know I was like like let's just see what you got. I like keyboards. I like synths. I like random things. I don't want this anymore. Um, and so somebody traded me a broken 61-key Wurlitzer. It was the student model, had the cab, but I wasn't, in a, I wasn't in a band at the time, and I was like, you know, this could be a cool project. Like, it's, you know, there's no computer in it, so it's fixable. You know, it's definitely fixable because there's no computer in it. And a broken Wurlitzer is better than the other thing you had. Well, no, no <laughs> but, you like, know, I'm not – I, I, I used it in an interesting way. Like, I'm not a very – proficient uh, Hammond organ player like I don't have much soul in me like it's just not my background like just, I, I play synthesizer and I come back from a background of playing synths you know you can hold one note and turn a bunch of knobs and entertain a crowd of people who don't know what's going on um but so I just wasn't playing Hammond and didn't really see a future in it and so I just like wanted to get rid of it um I was just trading a lot of gear at the time, see what happened, which is how I ended up with a Korg Minilog, just selling off stuff. But I so I traded this for a broken sixty-one key Wurlitzer, and it sat around for months. I was like, "This is not going to happen." Damn it! Um, <laughs> this is not going to happen. So I put it on Craigslist. I was like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to trade this. What do you got?" And like an hour later, some guy emails me. He's like, "Hey, I got an eighty-eight key Rhodes." Uh, it, it works. It doesn't have the lid, and I spilled a lava lamp on it once, so it's a little burned <laughs> on the side. <laughs> and I, I emailed him back immediately. I was, I, was, I was like, all right, I mean, I know I said this already, but I just want you to know that it's broken. And he emailed him back immediately. He's like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, Sweet. and I, I left work early that day. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was texting my dress. I was, I was like, yep, come over whenever you want. He, he dropped it off. I plugged it into my amp. It worked. I was like, you know, this don't work. This world's don't work. He's like, yep. And it turns out this guy fixes keyboards 
as a hobby, as also a keyboardist, and had a couple Hammonds and had been really just looking for a Wurlitzer. So, like, he knew that he was, you know, he knew what he was getting, but he wanted a Wurlitzer and he knew that he could fix it. Um, he was a good dude. He actually offered, he gave me the, he was going to do some uh, repairs on it too. Like, I got to replace a bunch of, I don't know, piece, I don't know the technical terms of all the parts, but I have them in a box because he gave them to me. And like it was, there was even a couple times where he he would text me like later. He's like, "Hey man, if you want me to just like come over and put the, all that stuff on, like I'll, I'll do that for you." <laughs> you yeah, know, just like somebody who loves gear. You know, somebody who just like loves fixing keyboards. Like, it's <laughs> like I want to come do that. I really wanted to, but like I'm giving it to you now, so I don't get to do this. Like <laughs> all, was he come a, over, man? <laughs> a Philly dude? Just I don't know. Just from I mean, somewhere. I assume just from so. Craigslist, yeah, I, I assume so. I mean. I think he said he lived in, with his girlfriend in North Philly or something like that. I'm not sure. So is Craigslist, like, have you been doing the used gear thing for a while, or has it been recent? Like, is Craigslist still the most effective, at least to you, or has Reverb uh, changed what's happening on Craigslist at all? Um, well, I don't, you, I've never used Reverb, because since its existence, I haven't had any money. Um, so... I've, yeah, I've done a lot of trading on Craigslist, normally for, like, smaller things. The roads is certainly an exception. Um, you know, I've tried to get some other things. Like, there was actually there was a Korg MS-2000 going around for a little bit. And actually, the guy who gave me the roads bought it, and it was broken. Uh, he was like, yeah, I just picked this up. He's like, oh, that one that was on Craigslist for 440 or something like that? He's like, he's like, yeah, like, a bunch of the keys are broken. It sucks. I'm like, oh, man, I was watching that thing for months. I'm so glad it didn't happen. <laughs> Thanks um, for the roads. How's but, it going? Yeah, you know, Cra- Craigslist <laughs> is a great uh, way to get, like, just cheaper gear. You know, I've gotten some pedals on it. Um, you know, you, you trade things. Uh, I've got, like, a, I have three Cord Chaos pads, the KP2, not the one with the sequencer on, you know traded for those when I first started getting in the Muse because Matt Bellamy has the touchpad. And I, then I bought synthesizers and I put down the guitar almost forever. Um, Did you do any guitar work in Socio before? Or that was like straight no, keys? There that was, conversion there, happened beforehand. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I mean, I pretty much put down the guitar because of a, like what became Socio. We, were, we had this, another project like with the guitarist um, he just wasn't into it, and we moved on from him and started Socio. And so, like, by that point, I just had, like, was just playing keys in a band. You know, I bought a Korgar 3. Um, I think I pirated Propellerhead Reason. Um, you know, I bought, oh, I had a machine, which I didn't even have any idea. Like, I was like, I don't know what this does. You know, I was a rock and roll guy. I had no idea what machine was supposed to do. But I bought it for my singer because we were like, oh, we'll, we'll have him program drums. This will be great. We don't need a drummer or a guitarist because, like, we just don't like people. And you can't, you, you know, you can't trust musicians. You know, you just can't. Like, that. that's the hardest part about starting a band is finding musicians. Because everyone's like, yeah, I want to be a rock star. But everyone's like, I like to eat. Um, so, uh-huh. so, I, you know, I just eat tuna and peanut butter and jelly and pretend I really like it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what we're talking about. Oh, so a guitar. Um, you know, I just was never really good at guitar. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. I just was never good at guitar. Like, I can strum some chords, but, like, I'm not a songwriter, really. Like, I've written some things, but I definitely work better um, supporting a songwriter. Um, so, yeah, somebody who couldn't play lead and didn't write songs, why would I play guitar? <laughs> so you just kept like hitting keys and turning knobs and it was just that like 
Well, I, I mean, I played piano growing up, so it wasn't just like, oh, keyboards. Oh my God, I've never heard of you before. Like, you know, I, I played piano growing up. I, you know, I dabbled on it through college. But, you know, I mean, I wanted to play guitar because that's what the girls wanted, you know. Like, nobody likes a piano player. Until you get out of college and everyone's like, oh, my God, piano's the best instrument. All right. And so, like, <laughs> so, like I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get good at either. So I started playing synthesizer and Ableton because you don't, let, you know, not to take away from people who are awesome synthesizer players, but, like, the, the learning curve is not quite as steep. Um, <laughs> so that's how I play synthesizer. That's how I started playing bass. It was like, everyone plays guitar. Someone's well, got to do well, the other part bass, here. Bass is great because it's like guitar, but it's monophonic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I can do that. I can definitely hold down the low end, you know? <laughs> and that was uh, during Mindless Self-Indulgence. So, like, I'm pretty sure all the first songs I learned on bass was Mindless Self-Indulgence songs. I don't know if you guys know Oh, yeah. Know I know Mindless Self-Indulgence. Are. I've been to a Mindless Self-Indulgence show. And, and I and I I just like had no idea. Like I was like I was like a person who just like liked a lot of weird things. And like mindless self indulgence got like um, so much showed to me. And I just thought it was, I just I only, I pretty much liked it because it was so absurd. You know I just like I've never heard anything like this before. So this is pretty cool. You know, and when I went to the show, though, I had no idea, like, what the scene was. Like, they're a total joke band who, like, really doesn't even give a shit about, ooh, yeah. pardon my language, about what they do, though. You know, they're like, like, that dude will, like, piss off the stage, and, like, they just sound horrible. And, like, <laughs> and like it, it's literally just an excuse for people to go dress up as ridiculous as possible. So I'm, like, I'm standing there in blue jeans and a pink button-up shirt, <laughs> and there's, like, people wearing gorilla suits and, like, <laughs> like chains and, like, like S&M gear and stuff like that. And, like, it's just, like, like... It's, it was just crazy, but like um, Becca uh, Monty's uh, girlfriend was a, a big fan of that band too. Like, she she she, she was into the That's scene though. She was it. into the scene though. She got into it, you know. I guess that was a very certain time and place. It was it probably it really resonated. Was. <laughs> hey, Jimmy Page. <laughs> oh, man. How do you how do you pick up for mindless self indulgence? Shit, I don't know. Uh, Is this it? Should we just play Fed for the rest? Of the <laughs> No, we um. Let me check my notes because I feel like I there feel was like something after the band here. and gear. Yes, there was something else. Whoa. I mean, you want to talk about more gear? You got that MS twenty out there. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, which actually, the hell made out it sound me. like a saxophone. If, if it was a trumpet. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I want to apply something that we learned on the last podcast from Guy. Instead of saying I'm going to shamelessly play promote myself. No, there is no cheese again. It's a mythical game at this point. There is no cheese. Um, but he he had a really good point where he was saying like instead of saying oh let me uh, shamelessly promote myself he was like you should phrase it let me be shameless and promote myself. <laughs> and so I was just thinking I want to be shameless and promote some things since we're talking about gear and chime in if you'd like. Um, two new things we're getting in: one's hardware, one's software. The hardware is the Novation Circuit. Which I have not played myself, but is that the blue one? No, it's like a black square thing. I, I think it's it looks like an electribe, but maybe more I'm condensed. Um, by Novation, and then the other thing is we are getting uh, the software packs for all the Arturia stuff that you mentioned earlier um, as well. So we'll have like the empty boxes, and you can like get the download codes and stuff. Come buy an empty box from us. Yeah, yeah take home the empty box. And then we'll email you the the actual code, um, but that was one of the first things that I actually spent money on instead of pirating was like the analog factory thing back in the day. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have those two things. But have have you any experience with the circuit or anything like that? 
So next, uh, the next synth night, we'll have one. When, when are we getting that? Have one out. It's and ordered. We, it's on the way. So. Well, you know where I work, so just let me know when to swing by. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but the rest of the people don't, I guess. So what's the other side of Monty? Where Where do you work? Where do I work? Um, seventeen forty three. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm a I'm a research lab tech at Jefferson University in my side life. Mm. So I from, had no idea. Yes. Really. So from like. 812ish to like 407ish um I do I work in a research lab where we study uh fibrotic diseases so I um I, I I do some work with mice I help analyze samples I work on cryostats and I do a lot of staining I can I can take a a mouse and then when you put its intestines under a microscope I can get it to glow green for certain proteins Sick. So that's pretty cool. I take some take some exciting bring photos sometimes. Please my synth rat. <laughs> yeah, we could probably get it to make noises. I'm sure. You know, people get people make synths out of things like grapes. So like we definitely make it out of a, a mouse. A grape. But we're gonna get in trouble with Pete if we keep talking about making a synthesizer of <laughs> <with> mice. <laughs> We don't harm any animals, PETA. That reminds me of that Monty Python sketch where the guy just has like the the wooden like box laid out and there's mice in it and he just starts like hammering on them. <laughs> and he starts playing three blind mice by, by hammering the mice. Oh, I never saw that. That's, that's cruel. And everyone in the audience is just freaking out. Yeah, they just start like, ah, ah, like they bum rush the stage and start like grabbing at him. He's just like just keeps trying to like hit the mice. Dude, that could be us. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. Um, how did you get into that then? Is that your your background or or what you were educated in? Um, nepotism. Nice. So, uh, my boss is a friend of the family. You know, it's the way the world works nowadays. Um, I actually have, I have a civil engineering degree, but I can't sit in an office and talk about the Phillies, so I stopped that a while ago. Also, they don't let you go on tour when you're an engineer, so I don't do that. Um, um, what was the question? Well, no, I think that was <laughs> that's it. pretty yeah, much that, it. Yeah, engineering, engineering degree. I mean, I, I'll shoot you over a resume. You can post it if you want. <laughs> if anyone's looking to hire me, um, you can add modeling work. to it now after the the Mo- modeling. Yeah. Yes, you're stunning. Yeah, and in you. fact, I just said to Matt earlier. I'm glad you clarified for my own sake. I was like. I, th- I thought the name of your guys' album was Monsters and Lace. Oh, man. And I was like, the That's Monsters a really... and Lace photo shoot. I guess we should clarify that Monsters and Lace are the ones taking the pictures. Oh, man. Our album is not called Monsters and Lace. I was like, what is the inside artwork going to look like if these are the pictures <laughs> on the outside? <laughs> we the can't afford inside artwork. <laughs> Who do you think we are? <laughs> or Lace. So we'll just stick with the Monsters. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the heads up on that. Uh, now we got to go rework our entire social media presence. We're going to make all new songs. This is all over. It's all it's all a learning experience. We just had, we just, like, we just announced our band and everything, and now we're on the social media it's exciting. Thing. We're staring at computer screens a lot more often now. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, this has been a thing for us for like a year and a half. But as far as the world's concerned, you know, we were crafting, we were crafting our image, or not, not even our image. Our vision would be. Sounds when you say your your image, it's like kind of pretentious. I don't know, but like like our vision. You know, we had a vision when we set out to do this, and you know, it's always evolving. But you know, we did, we crafted that very carefully before we put ourselves out there. So the world's only known about us for a couple of weeks now. But 
because I thought you you're doing something very interesting, um, and I must say very tastefully um, with Facebook, um, which is like the main thing when, during our conversation that that we use um, Facebook and Instagram, but to not make me turn off your notifications with daily you know posts is awesome and so um that's kind of what you have notifications from me turned on steve i do oh wow i I follow you i know these things (laughs) i I don't follow you i'm sorry (laughs) i feel bad i wouldn't either yeah there's like people like most of the people who like us are also following us because you get you they automatically you you automatically follow someone if you like them right no he's saying he follows me personally oh you personally yeah i get the full scoop i see oh man that's why i can never be passive aggressive against steve (laughs) on facebook but like no, this music store that I go to sometimes just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> this Fet album is the worst thing I've ever heard. Don't check it out. Um, no, but what was worst really record ever? <laughs> what was really cool was like um, you and people responded. Like I saw people actually like it, actually follow it, like actually share things and and do some things. And for being a new band, it's like quote unquote unsolicited. But you know, you guys, I guess it's a, a testament to yourselves as well that you have like oh people that will listen to what you want to say or what you want to do even if it is brand new and to take the time out of their day to be like sure i will um you know share this and, and take it we, we have a lot of good friends and uh there's been a lot of people like we've already we've talked to a lot of people about this project over the past year yeah i mean uh, certainly we haven't certainly been keeping it a total secret um and you know like i was mentioned talking about how like music needs to have a community surrounding it you know we are very much part of a a community in our own you know like our friends are very close um and so like we all help each other you know we have our our all of our friends have helped us at some point you know we have our one friend julie who just she she does artwork for us she's helping us to do videos um i mean she's she's essentially a part of the band at this point you know, and that, that's actually kind of one of our goals is to create something that is more than us, you know, because, like, we can't do all this. We want to be a platform for honest art that changes the way people think without sounding pretentious. Um, you know, cause, like, that, that is the point thing. of art. That is the point of art, you know. We're, we're, yeah. we're trying to express a vision because, you know, we, we, we don't want to be rock stars, you know. We just have this thing that we need to get out of us. So, like, we have artist friends who... Like, well, yeah, like, you can be a part of it, you know? You can, we'll do art, you know? Like, we'll promote your art, you know? Like, we have a, a friend who's, you know, like, we help, help help him make music, you know? We make music with him. Um, just because, you know, it's, there's, can't be any egos evolve, involved when you're trying to create good art. So, like, you know, a lot of those people have helped and are involved in the process to some capacity, even if they're not going to be the ones playing the notes. Yeah, and we have to focus on our, you know, right now is a time where we have to, we do have to focus a lot on our own music and our own art, but our vision is to eventually have Fed be a platform for a lot of people. Yeah, like um, a vast array of artists and, and like to give them due credit and everything, you know, and it's like, I mean, and we're just trying to, we're just trying to put the right foot forward by like, you know, for example, the Monsters and Lace photo shoot. Uh, we're trying to make it very, very clear, like who is responsible for that. And um, we just did a photo dump instead of the photos being like just for us and we withhold them and only use them for promotional material and dole them out like over a long period of time. It's just like whatever Netflix theory or whatever, just like dump it and just like here it is like this is what we have 
check it out. Here's who was involved, you know, and uh, like it, follow it, like and check it, check out what we're going to post in another week or two or whatever. That's exciting. And it seems to be the way of the world with like our generation and, and you know, maybe the, the setback, if you will, that like we've all experienced recently, I think like made us all hungrier. And like we've always, you know, everyone in this room has always been like, oh, friendly and supportive and stuff. But I think there was just like like a, a gut punch that was like, no, 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 we have to like really love each other and like really all help each other. Um, and that's like what the store is based on. That's what you guys are based on. And that's then, <clears throat> excuse me, why we're all in this room. So, um, no, it's beautiful to hear and it's super, super important. And then just to localize it just in a city like Philly, you know, there's so much going on and so much community and, and really since Philadelphia International Records left a while ago, there's the roots, there's Jill Scott, there's, um, um, Miriam Hill, I think it is the the new one um, that's blowing up right now. But there's also yeah, Um, but for the size of Philly and what Philly is and how much music is here, there should be you know just more happening um, amongst more people. I guess a lot of people do travel to New York and L.A. You know, New York and L.A. are still those places where people feel like they'll be seen. You know, and like I feel like that's kind of a give and take. It's like, yeah, you're more likely. It's more like you. It might be more likely that someone of high stature like walks into that area and sees you play, and then digs you enough to vouch for you or like champion you or whatever. But you're also just like so saturated there. Like there's so many other bands doing the same thing as you and trying to make it the same way as you, and like you don't stand out from the crowd as much. And I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, my friend went up there and he lived like out of his car and busked for like like months and before getting on his feet. And he actually is doing all right, but he's like, you know, he's making money, he's playing music. And but he like he lives. He lives up in New York and I couldn't believe it. It's just like it's crazy, but we feel like Philadelphia is a, a city that's like growing and evolving. And that, like, there really is something special here. When you see Synth Night, for example, it's like there's a a lot of people in this town who play synthesizers and care about it and play them well. And they're interested in doing stuff that's more like Animal Collective than, like, Katy Perry or, like, Skrillex or whatever, like, that, like, most electronic music sounds like these days. And Um, we've met cool people from that. The girl that fixes synths, like we have a new friend now from the last synth night. Uh, Hold on, let me get her. I have her card here. Yes, that way we got a name job. Oh, I think it's Belltone Synthworks. I think you're right. Um, Yes, her name is Allison from Belltone Synthworks. I mean, you can just reach out uh, BelltoneSynthworks.com. But yeah, there's Philly is Philly is humming along. Philly is, I think, you know, ready for a scene. Itching. You know, like we we really are, and there's like there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of really great bands coming up, but there's also like there's just a general scene being built. In gen- um, there's uh, Victor Records is being rebuilt um, right now, and they're they're really amazing guys. Uh, um, shout out to them at Victor, but they are trying to they're basically doing to for the record industry what we're trying to do as a band. You know, we're like we're sick of just pumping things out trying to get like a 15 minute hit um when like we should be cultivating art and artists you know we don't need people to just pump out pop hits after pop hit you know while while that's great you know like and you can't take away from the you know the purpose that people like that serve you know like pop music's great you can't like really hate it but you know we want to you know like we need something new 
The market's know, we, we saturated. Need new. Like, the market's just saturated. And, and they, yeah. th- that, that comes from cultivating talent. You know, records industries used to do that. Record industries used to find a band that they believed could be good. Now it's like, it's like oh, well, um, we're going to need you to have like, you know, three million plays on Spotify, a couple number one hits, and then maybe we'll talk about a record deal. Like, what does a record deal even mean nowadays? You know, we have the internet. Like, we don't need record deals, you know? <laughs> we just need you to... St- you know, support our Kickstarter. But, you know, if you can have a company like Re- uh, Victor who, you know, has that brand power, that knowledge to make, it, uh, you know, g- decent recordings or great recordings, you know, they've made some of the best recordings of all time, you know, like having them cultivate artists, you know, and right here in Philly, I mean, they're in Camden, but, you know, it's the same scene, you know, we're, we're uh, an area of the world that's ready to grow together. And I think it's going to explode out of Philadelphia soon. So Victor, someone brought the name back, and they are yeah, Graham Alexander. Mm-hmm. Graham Alexander um, bought Victor Records, the brand. He owns like the, the whole entire brand suite or whatever, you know, like the Nipper Dog logo, his master's voice, um, and yeah, um, they built a whole new vault. And like one of their missions is to re- restore the Victor Vault, you know, like find all the, the the original masters that are still available and around because most of the masters actually got like pushed into the into the river into the delaware believe it or not they just literally shoved the whole vault like filled it with concrete and threw it into the river so all these masters like all these like early early like jazz recordings are just in like filled with concrete at the bottom of the, the delaware president was like put it at the bottom of the ocean yeah. well you know in, in, the, in the 50s they didn't expect it to be anything at that yeah at that time they were like no one cares about this stuff anymore and it's not it doesn't mean anything but now nowadays it's like that's the classic stuff and we all care about it that's it's history well. they like they basically are like erased history you know, and you think about that. That's the only one thing we were thinking a lot about when um, Berto was giving us a tour, Berto Muniz. Yeah, um, he's going to be releasing new music. He was actually also in Socio. So, you know, the, the family stays together. Um, but they're doing great things. And, you know, they're just two guys who... Um, uh, Graham Alexander brought Berto on board, like, a handful of months ago. And they're just two guys who really just want to see great art created. You know, um that's that's really what it comes down to you know and good art is honest art so let's cultivate a community and help each other and make good art again not that there's not good art out there but like you know we got to start pushing some boundaries people used to experiment people used to take risks and now it's just you know everything you know it's more i I don't want to sound ignorant you know saying you know everything sounds the same but like you know like like too many people are just trying to make a song that sounds like that one that's already famous or like we should be cultivating people who are like yo i'm gonna like take out take apart this synthesizer and rewire it a little bit and make the sound that's not playable but like i can write a song around it and like you've never heard it before and like now we have a new genre of music you know it's like pop music is always evolving from the experimental it's like they really really depend on each other like if you had nothing but pop music and nobody was doing anything experimental pop music wouldn't exist either way Pop music used to be experimental, you know? And yeah, it wasn't like now we think of pop music, at least personally, and it's like, oh, it's, you know, slash EDM or it's like an electronic thing with the vocalist. And what does it even mean? Are, like, does pop just mean it's popular? Yeah. Like the Beatles were pop music. That's about it, yeah. It's you know? Like, Definitely. So it's like, so now there was the Beatles, they were pop music, and so now what's pop music? Taylor Swift, yeah. I guess. So. so can you even be indie pop? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. Well, of course. I mean, 
I think pop music really just comes down to, because you don't have to be famous to write a pop song, so it's not fame or popularity really, but it, I think it's really just about writing a song. You know, pop music is about writing a song. Um, I guess I said it before, that's catchy and it makes your head turn. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> or, or, you know, it makes most people feel, because, you know, it doesn't have to turn your head, you know, it can make you cry if you want, or it can make you feel so many different things. Like, I think the the goal of a pop song would just be to make people who listen to it feel a certain way you know but have but a song you know lyrics and and melodies that you can connect to and remember because hopefully all music makes you feel yeah whether it's like i hate this even if it's even if it makes you feel awkward (laughs) yeah you know there's like uh there's some wonderful art out there that's like it's like well that was probably just to make me feel awkward yeah just make me feel something (laughs) it's a really good way to look at it that's Mm -hmm. why like you i can yeah you can learn to appreciate a lot of really weird things if you just like accept that it's not trying to make you feel the way a pop song is you know what i mean like like swans you ever heard of the band swans something it's like this really grungy post-punk stuff where it's like really really like it feels like like things just kind of like go on and on it's really droney but there's really heavy like nasty sounds and stuff like that and this guy just like creepily singing over it but it's like it's just like a soundscape and you get really like there's a lot of bands like that where you just like if you can accept what they're there to like offer whether it's there to like terrify you or like or whatever like or make you feel happy or sad it's like you know you have to be open to any of those experiences you know just don't want to be bored that's all speaking of which <laughs> we just listened uh matt and i were doing some n64 the other night uh, uh doing some some bust a move oh yeah but we were listening to the stranger things soundtrack that was dope. on vinyl and that was heavy like you talk about evoking like an emotion or something it was the tv show without like the image i remember like playing bust a movie being super happy but like kind of being depressed for a second and i'm like oh this is that part yeah the soundtrack of that show is incredible it's probably my favorite thing about that show i mean have you heard it on vinyl like with no 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 i mean i'm sure that's awesome the music is the music is awesome it sounded like a real human thing was happening but it was all digital stuff like even though it was still like moog synthesizers and being analog but it was like again evoking a lot of emotion crazy yeah definitely definitely check that out and and then for people that want to hear what you guys are doing with all this stuff um where i know may i think is may 16th is when, may 16th but the where is probably everywhere but let's just rattle them off um i mean you can f- search i don't give a fet on any social media platform um it will. There will be. I don't give a fet.com. We're making the website right now. We're gonna launch that in a couple weeks. Bef- uh, hopefully before we launch the songs. But you know how technology goes sometimes. So uh, I don't give a fet on everything. Facebook.com/slash I don't give a fet at I don't give a fet on Twitter, Tumblr, Reverb Nation, whatever. Like we don't necessarily have a presence on everything yet. Uh, Facebook would be the best way. So uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com/slash I don't give a fet. Um, you guys have a, a first show or anything lined up yet? Are we? we is that public knowledge? We have we have a, a lot of things in the works. Um, we are going to really be tapping into seeing how we can push the boundaries of things like live streaming. You know, a, a lot of things that we want to do might not always be conducive to a stage. So we want to. Uh, create unique works of art um, and, and and just allow people into our lives and to you know, see us performing from anywhere in the world. You know, I'm going to have Steve let us play in this back 
patio under the tree, you know, places that people can't go. Um, so we really, we're going to push those boundaries and we have a lot of things up our sleeves, which we're not really going to announce yet. So we're kind of, um, but as far as a live show goes, we are going, I'm probably going to be putting something together for, uh, maybe July or August. But again, like the way we, the, the way, the way we perform, like we're, like we we want to get other artists involved. Involved, you know. We don't want it to have it be a fetch show. We want it. We want to get people who, you know, might want to like paint live or create other forms of art live. You know, we have uh, we have a friend out in Ohio, Rue, who's an amazing video jockey, a VJ. Um, but you know, there's just some really incredible people out there who make wonderful art, and we want to create an experience instead of just go play a 45 minute set. So we have some things in the works. Um, and it will be announced when the time is right. We've strategy. Yeah, we're like, yeah. I mean, we just don't want to really um, play like Tuesday nights at a bar. That's just not gonna make our sound good. That's basically where we're at, and that's what we'll do. That's the kind of thing we would do right now, like getting your start. You know, but we're just gonna tap into our other resources for now, and try some different things. Very nice, yeah. and and so we're gonna we are going to preview, and and by preview I mean play an entire song um, from you guys here during the outro. Uh, so what song and why is is this the one that we're all about to listen to? Um, it's called Forward Motion. I guess that sums it up, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like I said, the cor- like I said earlier, the chorus is like a it's just a mantra, a mantra that I tell myself. You know, and like a mantra that I think a lot of people tell themselves. So I think it's um, the kind of thing that'll connect with people. And like you know, we've shown it to, we've shown it to some people who have really, really appreciated its message. And um, so we know it's our single. It's definitely a really relevant, great anthem for 2017 in a time when stuff just feels really horrible, and that like the world is feels like it's collapsing, and you don't really know what to do, and. Uh, you really, really psych yourself out with all of your worries and expectations about what life should be instead of just, like, channeling your energy forward into the things that you can change and that are, are possible for you. I know for me here it's always a reminder, like, what you evoked out of me um, is, is like, my thought here, if there's, like, a, a crappy day and, like, no one comes in, is like, well, I already put the work in. You know, it's important to keep putting the work in, but that, you know, it compounds, it avalanches, it snowballs. You, yeah. you keep moving forward. So I'm excited to check this track out, and I think it'll, it'll uh, hit me as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure it'll hit Matt, and uh, hopefully everyone listening to it. So we are gonna play that track. Um, I'm wrapping up. Unless Matt, you have any, any questions for these guys, or if you guys want to chime in with anything else, or any promos or bad jokes or I mean, no yeah keep an eye out for fet i don't give a fet on all social media um and we're releasing our first our first bit of tracks on the 16th of may i'm just gonna beep out fet so everyone thinks you guys are cursing the whole time <laughs> and then no one will go to the site and i'll feel really bad so i won't do that but that was in my head. We should have cursed a lot, and you could have gone and replaced every time we swore. Like, we should have just gone really over the top with it. Really over the top. I mean, you just, like, fill it in with fet. Fet. Mother fet. Fet. Just like, 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 just like a very monotone, like, voice. Fet. Like, fet. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, get it in your dome. Wrap it up like a baked potato. 
wrap it up like a baked potato. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you guys for yeah, coming yes. by. Absolutely. And, and you can meet both of these gentlemen um, out in their world um, when you follow I Don't Give a Fet. And then also um, at any of the Secret Synth Society uh, meetings, which is the first Tuesday of the month here yeah, at the shop. Come out, we'll be there. And uh, yeah, come bleep and bloop as they say. Actually, the next one is right now because this is getting released May 1st. Oh, so tomorrow. <laughs> uh, another one of those Back to the Time Future moments. Hey. I can't keep track of this. It's like the fifth season of Lost. Hold on. <laughs> Tomo- wait, Synth Night's not tomorrow. No, it's the second. No, tomorrow when we release it. Oh, man, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to know we're time traveling. <laughs> oh. This happens every podcast. It yeah. does. So May 2nd will be the next yeah. Synth Night. It's the first Tuesday. Yes. And we'll just cut this whole place. section out. Just, <laughs> just first Tuesday. This is <laughs> <a> <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>